When it comes to veterinary medicine, the old adage that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure rings totally true. Today we're going to be navigating the landscape of preventive care with veterinarian Dr. Christine Garrett. From vaccinations to wellness routines, we're unpacking the essentials to keep your pets in tip-top shape. Get ready to gain insights that prove the weight of this old wisdom today on the Family Pet Podcast. Welcome into the Family Pet Podcast, the podcast for curious pet parents, where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you could be. I'm your host, Michael Shirley, joined once more by Stephen, my brother. Brother in blue today. Merry, Merry Christmas, brother. That's right. It's almost, uh, let's see, hold on it's, a second. So a, we're recording, I don't even know what day. Today we're recording, it's Tuesday. But I don't know what date. Uh, it's like the tw- I don't know. Nineteenth. It's on my computer. It's, on, it's the nineteenth. So we're going on family vacation this week, so when this recording is released into the world, we will be at Dollywood with Dolly for Christmas—a very Dolly Christmas. That's it. Um, hey, when's the last time you um, went to a doctor for a checkup yourself? December of 2022. Well, it's not. You uh, you are amazed. It's like, I, wait a minute. Yeah. I was expecting like four years ago. Prior to that, they were like, if you come back every year, you don't have to get the. It's been so long. We've seen you. We have to call you a new client. <laughs> That's right. Charge. That sounds like some of our clients. So, so we're like, oh, um, it's been a few years since we've seen you. It's it's well, important. I'm proud of you. Now, when we talked about dental care, um, it was not a year. You weren't going every year, right? Because dentist. of our 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 yeah, but, insurance. But now you got now you're but you're. Preventative health. I'm proud of you. I have my I have my annual because it's a big it's a big annual this year. Fifty. Fifty he's years getting, old. He's getting old. Very very it's, very old. Uh, That's why I say far older, behind. brother. Well, five years, pretty pretty far. That's a pretty big gap. That's, That's pretty far. That's right. That's right. Well, the voice you hear in the background is our guest today, Doctor Christy. Excuse me, <laughs> Dr. Christy Garrett. Oh. It's Christine. Yeah, Christine. Okay. Uh, Garrett, and she is a professional services vet with Antec Diagnostics, who is who our office uses for our reference labs. But she's here to talk to us about preventative care for our pets. So, Dr. Garrett, welcome into the Family Pet Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to All be right, here. All right. So, right off the bat, I have to ask a question because I said this in our lead up. You heard me say preventive, 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 preventive. Yes. You just said preventative oh. because that's yeah, the way I, I always want to say it. And so now it's it's going to be in your head and you're going to say it 14 more what times. What are we saying? It's preventive. Preventive. Preventive there's preventive care. care and there's preventative medicine. And oh, so I yes. think either one actually works just fine. No, don't say that. It's, yes. it's preventive. What are we going with You're today? The older Preve- brother. Okay, it's preventive. It's preventive. We're doing preventive. We're going don't preventive. Don't tell me wins. Oh, this is no good. <laughs> so when we're when we're going through that, um, can you define preventive care when we talk about it? Yeah, sure. So it can mean a lot of different things to different people, but really what it comes down to is if you're talking about something you want to do before a pet is sick. So preventative care, we're not being reactive to a sick patient coming in that say has like vomiting or diarrhea or already has a problem. We're trying to do something on the front end to either diagnose or detect a disease before it's there. Or we know that a pet's going to be exposed to something like let's say it's a disease process or something they could pick up from their environment, then something that we can do so they don't get that in the future um, or don't get sick. 
There you go. How's that different from preventative care? <laughs> don't know. Uh, semantics. Semantics. That's right. Latin and semantics. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, we're going to stick with preventive care. So is is that to say that it completely prevents things? Absolutely not, right? There we go. Okay. So we can't prevent everything. I wish that I could say, hey, we have this magic injection or this magic pill that's going to come out on the market and we're going to be able to or run this test, for um, for example, and we're going to be able to pick up on every disease process. And we're going to be able to prevent everything. But the good news is that your veterinarians are there to help pick up on things that we can prevent early, um, help with those diagnostics, and hopefully uh, give your pet a longer, healthier life um, instead of finding things on the back end where they're already pretty sick and there's not something that we can do about it. But we can't prevent everything, right? Pets are out in the world just like we are. We got to go to the doctor sometimes annually, sometimes not so much, <laughs> but we do want to keep up with their, their diagnostics and healthcare for sure. What, what are we looking for? So I guess what I would, my question is for our curious pet parents that are out there listening, some of them might be skeptical pet parents and say, well, you're just wanting me to come in because you're trying to get more money out of me. Oh, uh, sure. I'll come in when there's a problem. Yeah. What so would you I say to those parents? Could, I wish that we could have our pets tell us when they feel sick, when they first feel something. Ouch. I wish that it was something where they, you know, had a that voice. Pet parents are great, right? They're with their dogs and cats every day. They see them. They notice small changes. But sometimes our pets are really good at not complaining. So they don't have a voice. And sometimes it takes things like diagnostics, let's say lab work, um, like the company that I work for, Antech, we do lab work because sometimes the pet might not even know that they're sick yet, but there are things that we can do diagnostically to pick up on things before they show signs of illness at home that even our most astute pet parents can pick up on. So those skeptical pet parents, they're my clients too. I've certainly have been that pet parent before as well, but I've also been really thankful and honestly surprised sometimes by the things that we can find. You talked about the, um, it can help uh, pet parents find the problems. It helps us look inside a pet. When, when we're talking about diagnostics, it's looking inside an animal Absolutely. that's uh, beyond visual. I assume that that can help save some problems down the line um, if you can oh, catch yeah. things earlier? When we're talking about the cost of veterinary medicine too, I mean, that's one of the first thing that comes into a pet parent's mind. Like I want to take care of my pet, but hey, the doc, this is so expensive. What's well, really, really good to find things early because the cost of treating a problem, let's use, um, I don't know, spoiler alert, chronic kidney disease for an example. <laughs> so if a pet comes in and they already have something like chronic kidney disease and it's late stage, there may not be a lot of inexpensive or um, you know, inexpensive diagnostics on the front end that we can do at that point to help that pet. We may already be further down the line where we're talking about some significant treatments and interventions that are needed. Whereas if we are up to date on that annual wellness, we can pick up on things super early on, have some maybe simpler things that we can do, more cost effective things that we can do to prolong that pet's uh, quality of life and their lifespan at a lower cost. So doing things that are helpful early on to that pet's health and also to the client's budget too. When I was researching what exactly preventive care meant, uh, I came across 
couple of websites, and we'll link one of these into our show notes. But it was the AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association slash AHA, and I, that's the one I American Animal Hospital Association. Okay, yeah. I always miss that one. Get them backward. But it's the AVMA AHA Preventive Health Guidelines for Dogs and Cats. Can you walk us through what that chart is or so it, it's uh, it's not that complicated, but it has a lot to it, right? And it's something that's open access, so veterinarians and pet owners alike can use these resources to help keep up with the best standard of care. So if a pet owner is like, hey, I really want to know what I should be doing for my puppy, adult, senior, geriatric patient, whatever the case may be, they, they give some really good guidelines in there for things that we need to be on the lookout for. And then for veterinarians too, how to sometimes address some of those problems that might pop up as pets age, especially. And what are some of those things that are listed? Like, so, for, do, do they talk about how often you should go in? Oh, absolutely. So most people are thinking, hey, my pet is a cat. Oh, my gosh. Only when they're sick. Only when they are hiding under the bed. They don't come out. So please bring your pets in at least annually. Okay, guys, if there's something that's um, been previously diagnosed, we're looking at every six months. If you have a puppy, we're talking about more frequently because they need things like vaccinations, too. And some of those are going to be dependent on lifestyle and your geographical region. So I'm sure you'll have um, pet owners that are coming in from other parts of the country. Um, you'll have people who are listening, hopefully, from all over the country and maybe all over the world. All over the world. Um, we're, yes. we're big in Greece. International. <laughs> so the reach is, is wide, right? Um, right? But those guidelines are going to be available to kind of give you a starting point and then talk to your veterinarian, see what's appropriate for that pet's particular exposure. Um, again, lifestyle, geographical region, that kind of thing. We're in the Southeast. Yeah, we're inundated with things like parasites. We do have dog parks, daycares, boarding facilities, those kinds of things. So we have to keep those things in mind when we're making recommendations as veterinarians and when we're approving things as pet owners. Hey, this is something that can prevent my pet from getting sick in the future. So yes, I want to I want to do that now um, and you know, keep ahead of these um, kind of things that can make my pet ill. If our curious pet parents are following the recommendations they've heard here so far, which is a minimum of an annual exam. What are some things that they could expect their veterinarian might recommend as a part of that annual exam to help stay ahead of the game when it comes to diseases um, and chronic illnesses that may be plaguing our pets? Yeah. So your veterinarian is going to want to do a physical exam, nose to tail, take a look at everything, feel everything, get a hands-on touch for that pet um, and pick up on things. But there are things that we can't feel. We mentioned that briefly earlier too, the things that are going to be on the inside of that animal. And those are things that we can pick up sometimes on lab work. So as a veterinarian, I typically will recommend lab work every year um, or every six months, depending on that patient. Or if there's something chronic going on, I need to monitor a medication that they're on, um, something that is a a more progressive disease process. We may be recommending additional lab work there too. But looking at things like liver function, kidney function, glucose, electrolytes, the immune system function, we can get a lot of information from a small blood sample on our patients. And that's great. Um, depending on the pet's age and again, what's going on in their lives, we might also recommend something like imaging too, as part of that preventative care. Let's look for something that might be a predisposition for a breed 
per se. Um, so lots of different things that we can do diagnostically um, as part of an annual that are not just vaccinations. Mm -hmm. uh, most pet owners are like, ah, oh, I get this reminder and it's time for the Bordetella or the Bordadello or however they want to say that one. Mm -hmm. Bordabella. Bordabella. Yep. Yeah, mushrooms. get some mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah right. no mushrooms, y'all. Um, that's, a, that's, a that's a future podcast episode, actually. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, a lot of respiratory disease issues. But yeah. instead of just thinking of it as, hey, it's time for me to re-up on my preventions, which, yes, you absolutely should be doing, or to get an updated vaccination, let's look at the whole patient, make sure that that pet's health history has been reviewed and that we have all the diagnostics that we need to make sure that pet stays healthy for the year to come. Is it, is the old saying that a dog age, you know, like one human year, seven years for a dog, right. do we, like, is that for real? So Can it depends on who you ask, right? In my mind, I think about my large breed dogs. They're going to be aging pretty quickly comparatively to like, say my small breed, like Chihuahuas, Yorkies, that kind of thing. Those dogs that live 20 years, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to keep breed in mind when it comes to that, but our pets definitely do age faster. So if you go to the doctor annually, fine, great. But if we're only taking our pet to the veterinarian, maybe once a year, think about all the things that can happen in a seven year time span, let's just say on average, um, from year to year. So if we skip lab work for even one year, hey doc, it was normal last year. Everything looked great. We're going to skip it this year. That's 14 years before you even get to run it again. Right. So it's definitely something that we want to keep up with. Stay on top of those, those diagnoses. Well, you listed annual exam, vaccinations, um, imaging, imaging. We talk about, we talk about preventatives <laughs> would be flea and tick and heartworm prevention. Yeah. That's preventive medicine too, right? Absolutely. So we can't leave out um, our preventative, like oral medications, topicals. There are collars out there that can help prevent things like fleas, ticks, intestinal parasites, and heartworm disease. And I think owners see something on their patient sometimes, like a flea or a tick, and that's creepy, crawly, and gross. And now it's time to get them on a medication for that. And really, we've missed the boat because those little creepy, crawly bugs can transmit other diseases. Mm. So, ick, ew. As part of preventative care, let's go ahead and be up to date on that annually. Um, depending on the veterinarian's recommendations, that could be, like I said, something that's given orally. Um, let's uh, do something topical. Let's give an injection, whatever it may be that's appropriate for that patient to prevent these creepy crawly bugs, um, either intestinal ones, the ones like heartworms, or the ones that are on the outside of the pet that pet owners really see and get grossed out by. So when we think about only bringing our pet in once a year, which is kind of like us not going to the doctor for seven years. Yeah. Are there things that our pet parents can be doing at home as far as prevented preventive medicine? Um, sure. From supplements to exercise, like what can they do at home outside of that annual exam to uh, help their pets? So you mentioned exercise. I think about maintaining a healthy weight. A lot of the American pet population is actually overweight and that obesity, if you will, predisposes them. So predisposes them. We want to prevent things, not predispose them to things. Um, so it predisposes some patients to things like diabetes, hypertension, other problems, joint issues like osteoarthritis. So maintaining a healthy weight is very important. 
That also involves making sure your pet is eating and drinking normally day to day. If there are changes, like let's say you have a, a cat and that cat stops jumping up onto the couch, the counter, whatever it may be. Um, we want to make sure that you're maintaining a close eye or close watch on that pet's activity. Um, again, eating and drinking well, um, that there are not any changes that your veterinarian might want to be aware of. So are, are you backing up nutrition? Is that, do you consider that preventive medicine? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So preventative care and preventive, preventative, either one. <laughs> we have, Sorry. You have messed us up, Stephen. I was quite happy in my yep. life to just say preventative, but whatever. Okay. So, when we really, it's a really broad spectrum topic because it really does involve all aspects of the pet's care and lifestyle. So when we talk about nutrition, that's, I don't know, an entire textbook. Um, it's an entire podcast just on veterinary nutrition. But if your patient is under, over, uh, changing weight drastically, if you have an athletic dog that has to, you know, be a sport dog, they're going to have different requirements. They're going to help maintain their health and knowing what that is for your pet, your patient is, um, it's important. And that's part of preventing problems in the future. So your veterinarian can really help you with those guidelines and recommendations for your specific pet's needs. Are you familiar with um, any of the AI technology that's being developed around preventative medicine or um, things that people can do at home? So as far as you, you might have to be more specific because there's a lot so, of AI. Out now. Okay. Yeah. So I, <laughs> there's, I was there's thinking machine learning it, for everything. Yeah. In, in my head, I was thinking about wearables. So the, yeah, the collar, so, the fit, like a Fitbit for pets. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there are some options now. Um, these are really easy to use devices that you can attach to your pet's collar that'll monitor their activity. So how you know many miles that they have walked um, if they're scratching more. And so those kind of devices, um, you can get an app on your phone actually and monitor what they're doing in a day and it will alert you to some changes. Like if they're scratching more, hey, maybe your pet has an ear infection. That's crazy. Um, so yeah. it can detect some of those kind of movements and things that might be considered abnormal. And really yeah. be ahead, be ahead of the curve, head, catching head things scratcher. very early, which <laughs> yeah. is what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I would say that most pet parents are a little skeptical about the AI technology right now, but it's come a long way, and it's going to be something that is really going to help our veterinarians too um, pick up on things. Hey, you know, d do you think your dog is doing this, or are you out of the house eight, twelve hours a day, so you're not maybe there to see a problem or a change mm -hmm. um, until six months down the road? So yeah. Yeah, AI is, AI, is, AI is helping veterinary medicine in a lot of ways. I want to hit one more preventive um, category or tier. Okay. When I think about with our pets that we see, one of the things that people say over and over again, I wish I had done this years ago, is a dental cleaning. Can you walk through that? Oh, <laughs> I love okay, it. And go. I love it. So you're exactly right. Um, I wish that I had done this sooner. I didn't know that my pet was in pain. If I had done this years ago, would this have been different? Um, you know, we get those questions and it's heartbreaking in some cases because we're talking about a pet that's maybe lost teeth or we know was in pain based on an oral exam. But our pets don't smile at us unless they're, you know, sometimes growling. We don't look under their you know, lips to see their teeth every single day. So 
um, personally, my dogs have had multiple teeth pulled because they've broken their teeth. So even though I don't give them things that are too hard to chew on, um, even though I really try to take really good care of their teeth, brushing them, doing water additives, they don't brush their teeth every day like we do. Hopefully multiple times a day, everybody. Um, <laughs> but they don't, they don't do that. They don't have access to a toothbrush. They don't have thumbs. They can't really take care of their, their mouths like, like we can. So um, just imagine if you hadn't brushed your teeth for a week what that would feel like, um, what that would smell like. And owners um, are often put off by their pet's breath or halitosis. And that might be one of the first things that brings them in. They're like, hey, I want my dog's breath to smell good when they lick me in the face. I'm like, well, that's that's kind of a a tall order there. However, (laughs) let's do an oral exam as part of our preventative care, as part of our annual exam, um, or if there's a problem that an owner detects at home. And let's look at those teeth. Let's make sure that um, they don't have gingivitis, so super red, irritated gums. There are no no fractures. But a lot of this really has to be done under anesthesia. So um, your veterinarian may recommend a dental cleaning. Um, Sometimes it's called a prophy or a prophylactic dental cleaning. But most of the time, these dental cleanings are going to be something that are helpful for preventing disease in the future too. So that preventative care for sure. Um, They're going to be cleaning off all the tartar and the plaque. They're going to, again, be checking for fractured broken teeth that we might not be able to see on a physical exam. Imagine your veterinarian trying to see all the nooks and crannies of your dog's teeth while they're awake. It's pretty challenging. Much easier to do, much more thorough, and also easier on the patient too. Feline patients, same thing. We can get a lot better look at that pet's mouth and figure out if there are any problems that we might need to address. We did a a dental compliance check of our patients a couple weeks ago because I had heard that the national average dental compliance for feline patients was 2%, which was shocking. I thought, surely we're better than that. We're better. We are better. Uh, We are at are at 5%. (laughs) Yeah. Very excited. We have great compliant clients that are really looking out for their feline patients. I haven't done the the check for our, our canine patients yet, but there, that means that there's 95% of our of our feline patients are out of compliance for a dental cleaning, and so there's a there's a great opportunity there. So I think you you really drove home the message. Just imagine what your breath smells like when you don't brush for one one brushing. Imagine never brushing your teeth and thinking thinking what your dental health would be like, and then that's what your pets are like because the 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 way that teeth are i mean they're, they're different in the way that they look but their teeth are teeth when it comes to the way that they the same, same purpose say, yeah what the, mm-hmm. what their function is and how they how they get blood supply and nerves and all of that kind of thing uh, your mouth is not that different from your pet's mouth so make sure <laughs> hopefully, that you, hopefully if well it's hopefully only it is different yes that's true <laughs> that's very but true the goal the goal is for our pets to have, you know, we want equality for our pets. Right. <laughs> we want them to have really good oral care as well. <laughs> well, I especially think about how nasty or back, much bacteria is in their mouth when, when it's not taken care of well. And, and like you said, people just let them lick their face or their feet or whatever. And I'm like, no. What? Here's my public service <laughs> announcement for the podcast. Do not let your pet lick you in the mouth. <laughs> don't do it. That's okay? right. So many reasons. So that's many right. You don't, that's do it. it. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. In the podcast. Well, in that's the right. series. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place for us to go to our next section of the Family Pet Podcast, and that is for 
our fun facts section. This is where you're going to share a little bit of information with our curious pet parents at home that will help them win trivia night or at least impress their friends and family at Christmas dinner. Uh, Dr. Garrett, what is your fun fact for our Curious Pet Parents today? So I actually really wanted to keep it Christmas themed because it's the time of year, right? Okay. Um, but I am going to take it to a little bit of a tropical area. Did y'all know that there is a Christmas tree worm? So there are Christmas trees and there are earthworms. And there is a Christmas tree worm that is distantly related to your like more common earthworm. And these are little sea creatures that live under the sea. They're all colorful. They have all these little cilia-like things and they're the coolest little things. So if you haven't ever seen a Christmas tree worm, look up Christmas tree worms. They're really, really cute and fun. I don't know if it's possible, but maybe since we're now recording this with video, we can superimpose <laughs> can a Christmas like, tree worm yeah, picture over this part. Right now, look at the screen right it's now. It's going to be a really big ask to turn around in the next 12 hours well, before we go on vacation. Especially since I've never edited one of these in, in our uh, uh, like, video uh, app. So. so a Christmas tree worm Christmas lives, in the, lives in the ocean. Correct. So. Correct. See, I, this is when I first heard it, I was thinking kind of like Christmas vacation where there's the raccoon oh, in, yeah. the, oh, in the tree. Uh, that happens too, though. There yeah, the bagworms. Get owls out, all kinds of squirrels, all kinds yep. of things when they chop down live check, trees. Check your tree. If you have a live tree in the house, check and make sure it doesn't have yeah. passengers in it. Praying <laughs> mantises or man manti. I'm not sure what the appropriate term is there, but yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine having one of those praying mantis egg sacs hatch in your house? They have they hold, they hold multiple thousands of babies. We should have asked that with our. We have a we have a. <laughs> that's our fun. That's the the next fun the fact. Is, did you know? Did you know how people are never gonna? Artificial trees aren't looking so bad, are they? <laughs> now, but they could be in there too. They could that's true. Well, that's true. That's true. Well, uh, Dr. Garrett, thank you so much for joining us on the Family Pet Podcast. Now, I understand that you're gonna we're gonna just record for next week as well. You're gonna come back to talk about kidney disease. That's um, correct. Is this we in our feline patients only, or is this in all kidney no, disease? This is all pets. All pets. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, stay tuned for that. Next week, we'll talk about kidney disease. And then, no, wait. Actually, it's going to be. It's not going to be next week's episode. Right. We're, right. It will actually. It's okay, sorry. Sometime in 2024. Yeah. We'll, we'll see you again it. soon. That's right. Because it'll be look. It's like wow, they're still wearing the same clothes they wore back yeah. in 2023. <laughs> That's right. That outfit we're on video so now, and people can see this. Yeah. Well, you, if you're getting that detailed into what we're doing on screen, <laughs> thanks. We, we appreciate, appreciate it. it. <laughs> yeah. Please, please share it with others. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Family Pet Podcast with Dr. Uh, Christine Garrett talking to us a little bit about preventive medicine. Preventative. And. Um, we hope that uh, that you've learned a little bit to take home and, and do a better job of being the caretaker. Be the person that your pet thinks you are. The hero. The hero. That's right. That's the purpose of the Family Pet Podcast. We're answering these uh, curious questions for you out there. Okay. Until next time, stay curious. Family Pet Podcast is a podcast for curious pet parents where we believe the more you know about pet health care, the better pet parent you can be. The Family Pet Podcast is a production of Family Pet Health PLLC and is recorded in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The statements made as a part of this show should not be taken as an establishment of any form of a veterinary client-patient relationship. All comments are for entertainment and educational purposes only, and you should reach out to your local veterinary partner before taking any action on anything that you've heard here today. We hope that you will share this 
this podcast with a friend, and it would mean so much to us if you would take a moment to leave a review and follow wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Show notes, links, and videos to accompany today's show can be found at thefamilypetpodcast.com.